Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Musician's Journey podcast, where I talk to musicians about their personal journey while I'm navigating my sudden plunge into becoming a freelance cellist. Today I was talking to Inga Margrethe Ås, who is a musician and improviser living in Oslo, but I managed on this occasion to not actually record myself. I don't even know how it happened, but I'm guessing I missed a setting in Zoom again. You might be thinking, how hard can it be, woman? And it turns out it can be very hard. But Inga said really beautiful things, so I decided to make an episode of it anyway, with her talking and her music playing. The music featured in this episode is all from the album How Forests Think, which is the latest album by Vilde or Inga, which is a duo Inga has together with improviser and violinist Vilde Sanve Alnes. So I started by saying that this duo had scheduled a trip to Sweden at the exact time of our conversation. Yes, we had a beautiful plan where we had managed to get three different projects that we would do in Sweden together at the same time during two weeks, the beginning of March. It was everything planned so perfectly. But then... Sano Stockholm, the festival was cancelled or postponed. And the other concert we were supposed to play at Kimaira, uh, yeah, we just couldn't do one concert and, and then do quarantine for 10 days. My name is Inga Margrethe Os, and I'm a musician. I play double bass and also now and then the Baroque instrument, Viola da Gamba. I live in Oslo in Norway and a lot of the work I do is based in Norway and with other Norwegian musicians but I'm also lucky to travel around usually when it's not corona and play in um, Europe and work with musicians and composers from other places of the planet and I studied classical music and I still play classical music with the chamber orchestra Ensemble Alegria. And I also work a lot with improvised music. The duo Vildeninga is one of my main projects. It's a violin and double bass duo and we play improvised music and also um, our own compositions. We have released some albums. The most recent album was released in October in 2020, and it's called How Forests Think. And there we combine, or we have recorded in different kinds of locations. So two different locations inside and two different locations outside. So it's a double album, and one album is inside, and the other one is compositions combined with field recordings. Yeah, I think maybe that's most important. I also like to teach double bass and uh, improvisation. Yeah, I really appreciate that also.
I found out that the orchestra I played in when I was a teenager, I played violin. They had a double bass that no one was playing. No one in the, we didn't have any bass player in the orchestra. So then I got really intrigued. And at home, most of the time it was jazz music being played. So jazz is very close to my heart, although I haven't really gone into it as a performer. Like the, the traditional jazz music, I can't perform it uh, on a professional level, but it's very close to my heart anyway. So my initial idea was to start to play double bass to start to play jazz. That was why I wanted to get hold of that double bass. Um, but then the orchestra said, you can have this double bass and play on it as long as you continue to play in this orchestra. And they also found a teacher for me that was from classical music tradition. So they kind of still kept me a little bit inside the, that tradition. And the teacher I got was incredibly inspiring. So then I continued to play classical music with the double bass. I was just like a hundred times more inspired and I started to practice and stuff like that. And this was when I was 15. And this was the first moment where I thought, I want to become a musician. I had never had that thought <laughs> with the violin. <laughs> My urge to switch to the double bass was also this urge to switch to jazz, as I said. And when I started at um, high school, is that what you call it? Like Vidrigona? Like when you're 16, then I had a teacher that also taught me jazz double bass. And then I started on this music specialization school. And it was a very kind of open community and already then I was playing free improvised music and also more like jazz improvised music with other students yes yeah, so it wasn't there and I remember like when I started at um, music academy in Oslo that it was always clear that I wouldn't get a permanent job in an orchestra I just knew that and I knew that I wanted to also create music, not just to play it, but also to create it. I guess the moment was when I got the bass, that it kind of, it was the seed to improvisation was there already then. And then it, in different ways, happened and unfolded. And when I was 19 or 20, I attended this um, very inspiring project that a friend of mine organized, which was an impro orchestra with musicians from Norway, Austria, and Czech Republic. And we gathered in the summer and basically played free impro orchestra for two weeks or something. And that was, that was very important to get that time and space to really go into it and to really 
see the potential in this music, that it wasn't just something that you did some jamming here and there and something that you did kind of beside what you were really supposed to do, which was practice your instrument and practice the repertoire and all of that. So I, I think it was also important that I got to experience that already my first year at the Music Academy. Then I really got confirmed that, yes, there is something here that it's, you can go deeply into it and you can explore it and spend all your time on this music. That I had this sense that it's, it's just as rich as classical music, uh, even though it didn't have that position and wasn't prioritized in the same way at the academy. For one year, everything has been so closed down. It's still hard to have a um, feeling of this community right now. Um, I think that improvisation is getting a um, more recognized position in contemporary music as a method, of course, to, to create material, but also as a way of making music that can be combined with more structured compositions. I think it's also the fact that although I have been working in this field maybe for 10 years, it's not that long to know how things have changed. But I think that like 20 years ago, free improvisation didn't have a place, for example, at the Academy of Music in Oslo at all. And now it does. And that can be a sign of what is happening outside of the institutions and that this music is somehow growing and that it um, includes a larger crowd of people coming from classical music, jazz music, contemporary music, and that it, this, this music uh, is really a great place to meet coming from different traditions. And I, yeah, maybe in, in the kind of, uh, if we'll look at it like through decades, I think it has gained different position and, and a bigger audience now. But the time I have been in it, I can't say that it's been a clear change. I think I can at least say that it's been a development from that my main interest was what I perceived as freedom. Uh, two, my main interest has now moved to what I perceive as limitations. When I really started to work more systematically with this music and really spend a lot of time with it, it was also a reaction to, or not a reaction to, but I, I really had this sense that here I could be more free than when I was working with uh, scored music in the classical tradition. And that freedom really intrigued me and was very important. But then the more I've been working in this freedom, the less interesting the freedom seems and the more interesting the limitations that you can put on yourself. Uh, that is where it's at now. 
And gradually I've been more and more, I think that it's, it's not about the freedom at all. It's about making music and it's less important for me if it's completely improvised or not. If you make a plan, if you even make a little score, if you make an agreement, you can play out, you can use some rules to make some structures. That's absolutely great. So now it feels like the that is what brings me deeper into the music somehow and the process of creating music is all of those constraints. I think that some teachers definitely that I met at the academy have been important for some values, musical values, and the understanding that with freedom comes responsibility. So if you are playing for improvised music, you always have this responsibility for the music. And then it becomes about what you want to do with that responsibility. And I've, yeah, so this is the more kind of <laughs> more like heavy <laughs> approach that I prefer rather than that it's all about being spontaneous in the moment and forgetting what happened. I think that can also be really lovely to do. But that is not my main interest in improvisation. It's it's about creating music and not about being free and spontaneous.
really like to teach. It gives me a lot and I feel also feel comfortable in the role and feel that I can give something to the kids and the students. But it's also something that takes a lot of time and effort and focus. And I don't think, if I am to be completely honest, I'm not sure if I would have started to teach if it wasn't for the money. Or I wouldn't have started to teach <laughs> if it wasn't for, for the money. And it's always a question of prioritizing. Still, I'm thinking about this balance between teaching and, and being playing and making music continuously but that doesn't feel like I'm compromising my interest as such because I am also genuinely interested in teaching I do feel that I sometimes compromise like with the priorities but I I have stopped doing things that I'm not interested in at all basically playing more kind of gigs if it makes sense, more like freelance gigs. Like I'm more interested in playing with the same people and kind of cultivating an ensemble, a project, one a band, one expression. I'm more interested in that than just playing with different people all the time in different settings, which I was doing more before. And I'm more interested in doing work where... The playing is also somehow part of, or where the it's a combination of playing and creating music. I like to prioritize that before just playing. But it is, if I when I say yes and no to things, it is a combination of <laughs> how much do I want to do this, who are the people I can work with, how well paid is this. Uh, it, there are different factors that play in. But I don't do something I don't want to do anymore. Um, but it hasn't always been like that. Prioritizing is a challenge for me. I think there's so many interesting, wonderful things to spend your time on. And it's hard. <laughs> And I'm more of a saying yes than saying no. Although I said that I don't do things I'm not interested in anymore. I'm interested in many things still. So that is, I feel, my main challenge. The balance between, yeah, like I want to still play classical music, but we all know that takes a certain effort and dedication. You can't just do that like once every half year it needs some kind of continuity and I think that's maybe the thing with many things that these kinds of processes and work you need to kind of be in it and same with improvisation or and the creating music you don't just pick it up like one day once a month it takes more continuity to so to try to to manage to have some continuity on different Level, different fields at the same time that's a constant challenge and also then to even maybe try to make it a good thing that you are trying to do these different things at the same time so maybe they can even con contaminate each other <laughs> in a good way like that's uh, it's no clear answer often to this 
Thanks. I try to, I mean, it's not true that I don't have daily routines, but they're not very conscious. It's more like I always check my email every day, you know, several times usually. And I guess I like think about the next weeks, try to have some kind of, oh yeah, this is happening then, this is happening then, to just try to have some kind of overview a little bit, what's happening tomorrow, what's happening in two days. I guess ideally you would have routines, but when when the days are so different, it also feels a little bit unrealistic. So at least I don't think that I can be too... I don't think it's good to be too attached to having daily routines if you have a life that is very different from week to week. But I guess that just to try to have kind of overview is uh, something I try to do every day. I have some apps to try to help me also. They like keep my lists and remind me of things. Uh, the most important one is definitely OmniFocus. Someone taught it to me, taught me how to use it maybe two years ago, one and a half year ago. And I don't think, I really don't understand how I managed my life before it. Um, but it is also a kind of <laughs> um, evolved system. So it takes some time and it's very like you can really make it your own and adjust it to your needs so you can do a lot with it if you work with it and like stay with it and shape it into something that you need. But I think that is definitely, it's helpful to have some systems that you can just write down everything you think about and then it can remind you about deadlines and stuff. So you don't exactly like what you are saying. So you can focus on what you need to do at that moment instead of, being afraid of forgetting something and also yeah calendar is important for me like I don't remember dates very well so I write down everything I see some people that kind of manage without a very strict calendar but that seems crazy to me So the process of making it, I think first step is that we had a kind of instant musical connection. It's uh, important to follow those meetings. If you meet people that you have musical connection to cultivate those relationships. And um, yeah, I guess one, one um, thing that is... Um, a way that we are, have been working for a long time now is that we, when we play concerts, nothing is planned in advance. It's, it's free in the sense that nothing is planned in advance. But then we have also been working with different, with our albums. It's compositions that we are making often from material that has at least started to appear in improvisations and then we pick it out and we work more on it and 
and cultivate that material and then make a composition out of it and then that can kind of play back into the improvisations uh, so it is this kind of dialogue between uh, making something clear structured often around one or two really defined ideas and then just playing free usually like 30 to 45 minutes like in one go one stretch that is what we do in concerts so yeah it's really like between these two modes of working and creating music that we are moving back and forth and another thing is that we have been a little bit stubborn about just staying with our instruments without really changing them with preparations or electronics or anything like that which is tempting sometimes and maybe we will do that at some point but until now I think it's also been interesting for us to just stay with these limitations for a long time and then just see what other things you have to make up to kind of keep yourself entertained and interested and I think that's part of what led us to how forests think this album that we released last year where we were exploring working in different rooms and acoustics and locations and also working with playing music in a kind of natural soundscape. This idea I think came from the limitations that we wanted to continue to work with only like the wine and the bass, no extra stuff. But then we had to somehow find other ways to develop the experience of for ourselves of playing our music one thing that is very important is to focus more on your own pleasure and joy of playing than on comparing yourself to someone else but then it's also the fact that you can make music out of anything and this is something that we get a little messed up in our heads uh, coming from classical music because then it's really about being as perfect as possible in a very very narrow ideal It's a little bit like bodybuilders or something. Like, it's very narrow, the sound ideal, for example. But then I'm personally much more interested in what you are doing than if you are doing it in this very specific way, in this very specific ideal. So uh, maybe to try to connect more with what what you are doing you know you can there you can play drone music is like tune down the lowest string on the cello and just listen to that as a don't think that technique necessarily will stop you from connecting to the music to other musicians and to that experience of being with music and being carried away with it and, and creating something. Yeah, 
And also as a teacher, I know that students and kids that are not close to playing even in tune can really express their musicality and their character and ideas and it can come through and it can be very strong so yeah don't get lost in focusing on being the best or or even to to answer to some kind of standard that you think exists because maybe it doesn't exist maybe there is no one standard or there definitely is no one standard and yeah don't don't just accept other people's standards i can say that when i had this the first moment of i want to become a musician when i started to play the bass that was also connected to that this first teacher that i had on the bass he made me feel or or realize depending on um what we consider to be the truth uh, he made me feel that music relates to everything before this moment i had perceived music to be much more separated from society literature <laughs> culture in general politics everything i just had perceived it more as a separated thing for some reason but then he kind of made me feel i'm not sure how he managed to do that that no music it's like the salt of the earth <laughs> it's like it's it's it relates to everything and it goes both ways and i think that was what really triggered me because it does have this strange power to be to be relevant at the same time as it's it's so ephemeral and it's hard to express in words and this is what we struggle with also with culture politics to argue for this is important it's important not just for the people working in culture it's important for society like it's a constant struggle to to put into words what it means to be a musician what it means to be an artist and all of that but um yeah it's it's like it's a way of relating to the world and being in the world in the widest sense yeah that i think that's what it means for me it's just yeah a way to be in the world that is very enriching and to be with other people to have experiences with other musicians with audience the meetings that happens but also on a much larger scale to relate to society and philosophy and everything through this thing that is to be a musician and okay last thing that another thing i really love with this that i think is also part of the meaning is this kind of gap between the extremely concrete relation to the instrument which is like you have to put your finger in the right place you have to keep it there <laughs> play like this and you practice these movements again and again it's this very concrete skill craft on one hand but then it's also this like very ephemeral 
mystical thing almost. And to be drawn between these perspectives and that is, um, that's also what it means. You can find uh, Vilde Inga's music on um, vildeinga.com and you can find I actually I just kind of reserved a web page that is my name ingamargretos.com so far it's only a picture there and my email but hopefully more things will pop up there and maybe maybe even like next month since it seems to be another lockdown here maybe there's time to do webpage work who knows and also I play in a free folk band we call it that is called U U O just the letter U O and that is our webpage is O and then this line hyphen exactly O hyphen site dot org Thank you for talking about these partly hard things to talk about. Like not hard in the sense, heavy, but to ask these difficult questions. Thank you for listening. I'll include relevant links in the show notes, so keep an eye on Vilde and Inga's concert calendar when the world is again allowing concerts to happen. In the meantime, their albums are available for purchasing. I really hope that the recording of the next episode went better than this one, because I'll be talking to none other than Guillaume Duquette, who dropped by at my flat to test my new microphone by recording what will hopefully become another episode of this podcast. I still haven't found a clever way to end these outros, so I'll just leave it to Mohammed's jamba and bass playing. <laughs> <laughs>